Two things that all heroes possess that I want to share with you. First of all, is a unique ability. Now, you're thinking about superheroes in movies probably, and they all had kind of something unique they could do nobody else could do. You're that way too. You have a unique ability. You are able to do something that nobody else can do. Like, think about moms. You know how moms have a unique ability? Their kids need mom. Or sometimes they need mom. Nothing else. Mom. Mom has a unique ability. You have a unique ability. Maybe at work. Maybe in, you know, in your circle of friends. You have a unique ability. Something you and only you can do. Then operate in it. Because think about it. If you don't operate in your unique ability, the whole world is missing what you can do. Okay. Spider-Man friends uh, or fans here today? I, thought I saw some of you wearing shirts. Right? Got any Spider-Man fans here today? You know, if you buy the ticket to go see the movie, you don't want to go see the movie and sit in that big, big auditorium to see Spider-Man ride a moped down the street, right? You want to see the newest, newest, latest CGI of him swinging from the building, building to building, right? You want to feel, you want to feel like you're kind of going with him through the buildings, right? I mean, that's what you want. How about Batman, Batman fans? Any Batman? There you go. Got, got a few bat. Yeah, yeah, Kyle said it. You guys, come on, get with us here this morning, all right? But if you pay the $12, $14, whatever it is to, to get in to, to, to see the, the Batman, you don't want to hear him play the harmonica. That's not why you went. You want to sit in that theater, you know, with the big bass subwoofers. And you, want, you, don't, want to, you don't want to just hear the thunder of the Batmobile. You want to feel it in the whole room as it thunders down the streets. I mean, that's the kind of thing we go for, right? Okay, how about Fantastic Four? Any, any fans? Okay, going way on back, right? Yeah, I, I was one of my favorites as a, as a child and also Aquaman, as you can see this morning. But Fantastic Four, if you're a fan, you watch the movie, you don't go because you want to see Johnny flick his big, right? You don't want to just see him flick his big. You want him to flame on, you know? And, and, and Ben, you, you don't want to see Ben just sitting around like a rock. Okay, so some of y'all know Fantastic Four. <laughs> you want some clobbering time, right? I mean, that's what we pay for. I'm so sorry for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about this morning. You think I'm speaking Greek? I'm actually speaking geek today, okay? So, but, but just hang in with me. It'll, it, some of it will make sense in here in just a few moments. But here's the point. God's the same way. You invest twelve or fourteen dollars. He is invested in eternity of thought and planning and investing of gifts and passions and talents inside of you. He doesn't want to see you doing the mundane that anybody else can do. He wants you to fulfill your unique purpose that the thing that only you can do. That's what he wants. In Isaiah chapter forty, verse thirty-one. Uh, the Word of God says, they who wait on the Lord or they who serve the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Sounds kind of like a superhero to me. That's a promise that all of us have. And so whatever your unique ability is, you can do it. If you serve him, if you wait on him, if, you, if you're there with him, you can do whatever it is he calls you to do. All of us have a unique ability because everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus Christ. Second thing about superheroes that they possess, second thing they possess is they possess a strong moral code. Now, everybody in the world has a unique ability, even though probably most people don't operate in it, a lot of them don't even know what it is. 
But even when people figure it out, they still have a choice to make. Because we don't just have heroes, we also have villains, right? And a lot of people, they figure out what their unique ability is, and they use that for their benefit at the expense of others as they become villains instead of heroes. You know the difference? It's the second thing. See, everybody has the first, the unique ability. Everybody in the world has that. But all of us don't operate with that strong moral code. Even though God gave it to all of us, he, 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 the Word of God reminds us. He didn't just write the Word of God. He wrote it on our hearts. He wrote it in nature. We all have this strong moral code. And so the difference is, are you going to operate in your unique ability and are you going to operate under that strong moral code? Now, let me, let me talk to you and share with you as quick as I can some, some main aspects of, of what heroes do and who heroes are. So, heroes. Number one, heroes protect their identity. Now, you, you may be thinking about like, like Superman. You know, in a little while, he'll take off the cape, you know, and uh, he'll put on his glasses and he'll become Keller again, right? You know, and he's hiding. I, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean hiding your identity, but protecting your identity. This, this thing of who God calls you to be and who he destined you to be and, and the challenges and the gifts and the passions that he put inside of you, you got to protect that. Listen to me. Nobody else is going to protect who you are. You have to do it. Superman had to avoid kryptonite. That was the thing that could destroy him. He had to avoid kryptonite. And you have to figure out what kryptonite is in your life, and you have to avoid it. Nobody else can do that for you. You have to do it. We're not in kids' church. We're adults. We have to grow up. And we have, to, we have to do what is necessary to protect ourselves from kryptonite. Hebrews chapter 12, those two first two verses have come up several times in, in sermons in the past several months. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. Let's lay aside our kryptonite and sin which clings so easily. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You decide and you protect your identity. The, the, I'm talking about the who you are. You have to protect that because you have this unique ability and, and, and the world needs your unique ability, but you've got to protect who you are. Okay, so secondly, that was the first, heroes protect our identity. Second, uh, secondly, uh, and Superman had to avoid kryptonite and he renewed himself in the sun. If he ever got you know, close to kryptonite, somebody ever was able to kind of get over, one over on him, if he was ever able to do, somebody was able to do that, the way he renewed himself was he drew strength from the sun, S-U-N. I was started to be a little, you know, a little, uh, maybe uh, corny there, and just go ahead and type capital S O N. But you, you can, you can, you can take that and understand the inference there, can't you? In the same way, you know, I think about you know the scenes there from uh, from Man of Steel, Superman. You know, think about those from uh, a couple of years ago, and preached a sermon on, on that. It's actually you can go back to podcast way back to Father's Day two years ago, and, and you can hear that of how he went and he put himself in the place where he was in the sun. That's why, that's why we need this here today. It's not just about gathering with one another, but it's about gathering with one another in the presence of God. Because in his presence, there's renewal, there's refreshing, there's restoration. That's why you don't need it also on Sunday morning. I mean, an hour and 15 minutes, is that enough? You know, and now you're sitting here listening to me, and you know, you, you know if, if I'm not careful, you're gonna be bored in a couple of moments, you know, and, and you've forgotten that I'm sitting in the presence of God. You, you need it all week long as well. You need great music. Colossians chapter three, verse 10, put on your new nature and be renewed, how? As you learn to know your creator and become like him, immerse yourself in him and draw your strength from him and be renewed and be restored. Okay, so heroes protect their identity. Secondly, 
Heroes use what they've got. Now, when God called Moses, Exodus chapter 4, called Moses to do the most awesome thing that he could do with his life, the, 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 the thing that God purposed him for. When God called him, he said, Moses, what's that in your hand? Now, some people look at that and say, man, it's sure a good thing that Moses had what he had in his hand, didn't have something else, you know. He didn't have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in his hand. You know, how could God use that? You know, but I, I, you know, maybe God would have tried. But you know what, that thing, and it's not important what he had in his hand because you've got something different in your hand than Moses did. But what he had in his hand, God used in Moses for the rest of his life. The rest of his life, his ministry, whatever you want to call it, God used that thing that was in his hand. What do you have in your hand. You know, superheroes use, heroes use whatever they have in their hand. They're, they're not waiting. You, you know, think about this. You, you find a snake in your yard and you want to kill the snake, okay? And maybe you've got a snake killing stick, you know, something that you've designed because you see a few of them. You've got a snake killing stick. And one day you can't find your snake killing stick. And so what do you do? Do you say, well, snake, this must be your lucky day, you know, because I can't find my stick. And so you get to go free. Is that what you're going to do? No. You're going to go find something else. You're going to find a shovel, a hoe, or something, a, a gun. I mean, you're going to find something or just find a stick out of a tree and, and beat it into submission or something. I mean, that's, that's what heroes do is they don't say, well, you know, when that, that, that thing that I've ordered gets here with UPS, you, you know, I, I'm going to fix this whole thing. No, heroes, they find a way to use whatever it is that they have in their hand. I got a quote for you on this, okay? A very wise man said this, you know, this is very, very, very non-serious. Kid President, y'all know Kid President? Uh, showed the video from him just uh, not too long ago. He said this, you might not have a cape or wear underwear outside your clothes. That's probably a good thing. And uh, in the first service, I said, thank you for not wearing your underwear outside your clothes today. But I don't know, I can say that about most everybody. Glad, glad. Thank you, Keller, really. We really appreciate you, buddy. You have everything right now to change the world. Here's the point. I love to do stuff like this. I love it because everybody kind of gets into it and, you know, and it kind of just breaks a lot of ice with a lot of, you know, we just get to, oh, is that your favorite? I love all of this and love all of this and, and, and love all that. But, you know, you don't have to put on a cape. You know, Superman is still Superman even when he doesn't have the cape on. Superman is still, Peter Parker was still Spider-Man even when he didn't have the suit on. Okay, sometimes, you know, he almost got caught and he'd have to jump up and grab a hold of the ceiling. You know, he, it's not about the uniform. It's not about that stuff. And, and superheroes know that. They use whatever they've got. And this thing that you've got, whatever it is in your hand, it's not accident, by accident that it's in your hand. God has already given you, and you use what you can. Okay, so heroes use what they've got. Number three, heroes do what's right. I love this verse here, Psalm 16 to 8. Because it points out something that I, 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 I think, I think, I believe, I learned a long time ago about David. David, King David, he messed up so many times. But, you know, the guy he followed, Saul, he was the first king of Israel. Saul messed up a lot too. But Saul had this, hey, he had a different attitude than David. David was, you know, it's like David just, just, just kept coming back. Now Saul, I don't know, he kind of had an attitude of finding somebody else to blame, but there was a reason why. And it just, it's like God had his thing going on and Saul kind of had his thing going on, you know, and he couldn't stay focused on this. But look at what David says. I think right here in this verse, it's really, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Here's, 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 what I know about, here's what I know about David. 
is that, is that David, he would mess up. He would, he, would, he would fall flat on his face. But every time, when he started getting back up, he was facing God. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. He wasn't perfect. Heroes aren't perfect. But they keep their eyes focused on doing what is right. There is, a, there is a something. And you're, you're going to mess up. But when you mess up, don't give up. Just, just get back up again and just keep going to the right thing. So heroes also do what's right. And heroes uh, go it alone. And I, I probably should have put the word win there instead of if. Probably wouldn't have fit across the top. But anyway, we just squeezed it in. Heroes go it alone when they have to. Not just if, because I guarantee you, there are going to be times you have to do it alone. You, that nobody else wants to do the thing that they're called or their purpose to do. That everybody else has gotten tired. I said, ah, oh, let somebody else do it. I've done, I've done my bit. I'm going home. I'm going to do my thing now. Or that strong moral code. You're going to find times when everybody else around you has, has no desire whatsoever to follow any moral code. They just want to do what they want to do. And maybe just at times, you're going you're gonna to find yourself in, in, in moments where that happens and nobody else cares, but heroes, heroes, they go it alone when they have to. And I would love to spend uh, about five minutes telling you these stories, but I don't have time for that. But Jonathan, David, Eleazar, Shammah, uh, those two guys are awesome. Elijah, Paul, and even Jesus, the first and greatest superhero. All of those, and, and if you go to the Sunday's page, at the end of this list, there's a link there that'll take you to a page that's got all their stories just listed. You can read them all right on one page. And, and, and I really encourage you, click on the links that, that will then take you to the rest of the story in them. Amazing. And, and here's the thing that all of these did. They were heroes who had to go it alone because they had armies that wouldn't come with them. Or they had, they had other warriors that were tired or distracted, and they had to go it alone. So heroes go it alone when they have to. And heroes identify with those in need. You know, not, not only do we see um, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, kind of living two lives, they kind of get pulled to that other life of those people that they serve, the people that are in need. To the place that they, they, they identify with them sometimes, even more than they identify with maybe what their true reality is. And, you know, and Superman doesn't just want to be a superhero, but he, but he wants to, you know, he wants to take off the cape and, and just try to make Lois Lane love him and Spider-Man. Peter Parker, he just wants, sometimes just wants to be Peter Parker and marry Mary Jane. And he identifies with the people that need him and the people that he has to serve. Jesus, John chapter 1, verse 14, did this exact same thing. And I love how the message puts this. The, the message translation of John chapter 1, verse 14, the word, talking about Jesus, capital W. Jesus became flesh and blood, and he moved into the neighborhood. You know what I've seen a lot of Christians do? I've seen a lot of people become Christians and think, okay, now I'm moving out of the neighborhood. I'm out of the neighborhood of the sin. Yeah, Jesus calls us to be separate, you know, separate in, in, in our spirit, separate in those things and the things we do. But he didn't call us to be separated from the world. How are we going to impact them? Jesus left his disciples here with the challenge to go and engage the whole world. You can't separate yourself, but if you're going to be a hero, you have to identify with the people who are in need out there. So heroes identify with those in need. And as the next, my list, there's my list. 
So the next one, I need to ask you a question before I get to my next point right there. What do the people on this, on this slide have in common? Anybody? Except people who are here in the first service? Anybody? What do they have in common? <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's not it. But thank you, but don't get ahead of me. Okay, first of all, they're all famous, right? Now, you might not know every name up there, some of you, you know, but they're famous. But here's the thing they all had in common, more than just being famous, is at some point, every one of them wanted to quit. Every one of them. Look up their stories. I did. Did a lot of research into this sermon, you know, just to find, just to find people that had made it, but they wanted to quit. And so some of you, you're, you're paralyzed by the fact that you wanted to quit one time, and maybe you even gave up. I have. Man, I, I, I remember giving up one time, and, and the very next morning, I have to get up, pick up the phone, start making phone calls, say, I'm sorry, I was giving up, but I can't do that. I've got to stay with what God's called me to do. I've done it more than one time. All of us want to give up. But look, you're in good company. These people have made it. These people are famous. Why? Because they, or maybe they did give up for a moment, but they picked it right back up. They decided, just, just like, just like a, a Spider-Man, that he, he gave up. There were times he gave up, but then he couldn't stick with it. He had to get back to it. All of these people, they, they wanted to quit, but they couldn't quit because of what, what, what the purpose was that was inside of them that they had to fulfill. Now, let me give you another list. There's a, a smaller list here of about five people. Tony Chapman, Doug Sandum, David Marks, Bob Welch, Kim Hill. Does anybody here know even one of those names? Anybody? In the first service, we had one person that knew one name on that list. Okay, so we don't know these people. Let me tell you who they are. Tony Chapman was a member of the Rolling Stones until 1962. That date is important. Doug Sandum was a member of The Who until 1962. David Marks was a member of the Beach Boys until 1963. Bob Welch was a member of Fleetwood Mac until 1971. Now, you know those names, right, of the bands, correct? You know, you know those. A lot of those are from years ago. But Kim Hill, she was a member of the Black Eyed Peas until the year 2000. We don't know these people. We know their bands, but we don't know these people. You know why? Because they quit right before their bands made it. They quit, they gave up. And so now their buddies are all making lots and lots of money, you know, and, and everybody knows their names, but nobody knows their names because they quit just a little bit too soon. And I'm not telling you, you know, I'm not telling you guys my age to dust off your guitar and get back to playing and getting back in the band, okay? It's not what I'm saying. No, you know, don't, don't quit the day job, you know, and go back. I, I, I'm, but whatever it is God has given you to do, don't quit. You've got a choice to make. Do you want to be part of this group or part of the group on the previous slide? And not to be known, but do you want to be successful at what you have been purposed to do and what you are, are passionate and gifted to do? Or do you want to be a person that they say, you know, you know, he was a part of something amazing, but then he gave up and he quit. Who and where and what do you want to be? We have to make the choice. Heroes will want to quit, but they can't. Heroes are just ordinary people. Wow, I, I spent a lot of time here, couldn't I? Billy Graham. He is, by everyone's estimation, he has preached. He's the evangelist of our, kind of our, the, every generation that is sitting here today. 
he has preached to more people about Jesus Christ than anyone ever in history. Yeah, just add it up, all, all the crusades that he has done. David Wilkerson, prophet who died just a few years ago. David Wilkerson, when, when he, he was a, I mean, he was a prophet, in, and some of the things he prophesied 30, 40 years ago, people laughed at him, made fun of him, said it'll never happen, not here in the United States of America, yet the generation that if I were to point at this section here and a few here scattered around, but and say, your generation, you are living exactly what David Wilkerson prophesied about 40 years ago. It, it is amazing. might not be amazing to you. It's amazing to me because I, I remember how people said that will never happen, and then it's happening. I mean, you're just living in it. It's like, no big deal. I watch, we watched it. My generation has watched it come to pass in your generation. He, he was a, a great prophet. Charles Spurgeon was called the Prince of Preachers. He, he had such a, an amazing way of connecting with his congregation. They, they said that they could not find buildings to hold the crowds that would come. They just, they just had to find bigger and bigger buildings. When he died, 60,000 people came to mourn his death. 100,000 people lined the streets for the, for the funeral procession that was two miles long from the, from the, uh, the chapel to, to the cemetery. When he, one of the churches he pastored, they moved into a new, a, a, another building and, and it seated something like 5,600 people. Well, that's no big deal. I've seen bigger buildings than that. But this was in 1861. He was impacting that many people in England. Um, D.L. Moody, considered by many people the greatest evangelist of, of, of all time, he did things in his evangelistic crusades that you and I do without thinking on Sunday morning just because, well, that's the way we do it. And it, it started with D.L. Moody. But, but let me tell you this. What's really important is, is a quote from him. He said, he said, I am convinced, I won't get this word for word, but he said, I am convinced to reach the world is going to take men and women of average ability. Average. Is average enough? Yes, average. Let me tell you why average is enough. Can I? You know why? Because even at average, you were created in the image of God. That's why average is enough. Because even at average, that's, that's who we are. And A.W. Milne, a one-way missionary, I don't know if you've heard of these guys of previous generations, but he was one of those. That, that he, he was called to a, a specific tribe of headhunters that had killed every missionary that had come to them, to their island. He was called to go there. And so he didn't pack a suitcase. He packed all of his clothes and stuff in his coffin. And he bought a one-way ticket because he knew he was going, and he was either going to die there at their hands or he was going to die there ministering them, to them for a long time and die of old age. And it was said of him many times that when he came to that island, there was no light, and when he left this world on that island, that there was no darkness because he was a one-way. You know what? Not an X-man in one of them. Not, a, not an avenger in one of those men. Who are they? Just, just ordinary men who serve an extraordinary God with, and have an extraordinary passion and an extraordinary gift and an extraordinary calling. And that's why they're heroes. These people in the middle column here, Carrie Job, a singer and songwriter, that may, name may not mean a lot to you, but you sing her music 
most Sundays, or a lot of Sundays, you sing one of her songs right here. We do her music. Uh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, their uh, husband and wife team of TV producers have, have produced. You'll see his name at the end of some of the reality TV shows that you no doubt watch. And they have also, uh, also produced some of the, the latest Christian miniseries on TV over the last uh, several years. J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, authors, Christians, but authors, not just writing books about Christian things, but even everything they were writing, it was all in their writing. And Michael Jr. and Tim Hawkins, I don't know if you heard of them, comedians, comedians. Now, pastor, how do you call these people heroes? Because these are people who just use who they are and what they can do to just impact the people around them and to change their lives. That's what God's called us to do. He's not called you to be somebody else. If you're a comedian, man, somebody else has already blazed the way. Now you can be who God's called you to be, whatever he's called you to be. Uh, last year at Catalyst in Atlanta, we were introduced to Zach Pike, Zach Pike. and he, he, he was shopping a lot, of, a lot of estate sales and things, and he was running across old medals you know, uh, soldiers' medals, and, and, and he was running across them, and he, he said, man, this belongs to somebody. And so he would find, to date, last I checked on his website uh, this week, it said that he had, he had found about 200, uh, 200 people, 200 soldiers, uh, veterans, or uh, airmen, or corpsmen that, that, had, that, that this, their medal belonged to, and he has reunited them with the person that won the medal, or if they were dead, reunited them with the family, and he has 300 more that he's working on. Is that a hero? Hmm, think about it just a moment. Christine Kane, A21, and, and she, uh, she uh, has, has the goal, uh, the, uh, her purpose, she says in life, is to end, end human trafficking. And, and God did an amazing thing where, where, where he had her set up, where he had her set up there in, in Europe and Greece. He, he did an amazing thing that he had her set up there. And so when all, all these refugees and the crisis that you've been hearing about coming across the Mediterranean, guess where she is? She's right there. And so, you know, and, and she was there for another purpose, but God had a bigger purpose. He's got a bigger plan in mind than what you can even imagine. And he had her there. And so now her organization is able to not just do what they thought they were there to do, but they're able to do that and even more. To, to minister to them. You ever heard of Tom's shoes? Ever heard of Tom's? If you buy a pair, they give a pair to a child in a third world country. They're not the only company doing that. Warby Parker Eyewear has kind of the same kind of a plan. If you buy eyewear from them, they have a plan of a way that they make eyewear uh, accessible and available uh, to, to people in third world countries and also even create jobs through that. Uh, soapbox soap. Every bar of soap they sell, then they give a bar of soap to a, a needy child. Uh, two degrees foods, every, every product that is sold. If they, they sell a product, they feed a meal to a, to a needy child. Uh, brown water coffee, every bag of coffee that they sell, they donate a dollar to uh, clean water initiatives in Nicaragua and, and then no clothing. They're, um, their uh, uh, goal, their, 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 their desire, passion is to end homelessness. And if you buy a, uh, an article of clothing from them, they also donate an article of clothing to a homeless person. And then they also donate to local charities, people who are actually out on the streets doing all they can to end homelessness. Are these heroes? Yes. And why? Because they're doing amazing things? No, because they're just doing what they're passionate about. Let me introduce you to just a few more, if I can. If I, if, I, if I just introduce you to a few more. Kyle Carpenter, in 2010, Marine. 
a Marine, and he was, he was uh, on the roof of a building with another Marine when a live grenade was tossed up. He jumped in front of the grenade to shield the other Marine. Both of them survived, but he lost his right eye. You can't, you can't really tell it from where you're sitting, but you can kind of tell he lost his right eye, most of his teeth, his jaw was crushed, and his, and his arm was broken in multiple places. Uh, Wells Crother, he was an equities trader in the World Trade Center and uh, hated his job, wanted to be a fireman for the New York City Fire Department, and God kind of granted him his wish. On, on, on September 11th, when, when the trade towers were taken down by the airplanes, and when the crash happened, he started, he started down the steps, and, and he found a bunch of people that were waiting on, on the elevators. He said, hey guys, the elevators aren't coming. We gotta get out of here. And he led them down, even carrying one lady on his back down the steps. I forget how many floors it was that he had to carry her down exactly. And when they got outside, when they got to fresh air, when they got to freedom, he turned around and went back inside. And he worked alongside the firemen. He put out fires and he set up little triage areas trying to figure out, okay, how can we take care of this one or this one? And he would bring people out and we'd go back in, bring supplies in and go back out and get some more. And he kept going back and forth and back and forth until the building came down on top of him. And six months later, his body was found under the rubble, surrounded by firemen who had also died in the battle to save as many lives as possible. Timar Boggs and, and Chris Garcia, 15 years old and 13 years old, heard about a, a little girl, five years old in their neighborhood that, was, that had just disappeared out of her yard. And everybody, everybody assumed she was taken by somebody. And so they, they, they organized the people real quick. Everybody started looking for her. They jumped on their bicycles and, and, and started riding through the neighborhood. And they saw a car that was acting kind of suspicious, that the car, when it got in eyesight of, of a police car, a police car that the car stopped and made a quick turn or something and so they said something's not right and so they chased the car down and they saw the girl the five-year-old girl they saw her in the seat of the car they kept chasing this car obviously he couldn't the guy couldn't get out of the neighborhood because of all the police presence and 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 he would turn and try to get away from the boys and they would turn down a side street you know or something and they kept going down back alleys and things and, and they kept they kept dogging him until finally he just realized he wasn't getting out of there and these boys are about to call the cops as soon as they see one and he got so scared that he pushed the little girl right outside the door and she ran to the boys on the bike and they took her back safe and sound to her mom uh, uh uh, Mark Bustos, he's a, a New York City uh, barber. And every Sunday he takes his clippers and he goes to the streets and he spends his Sundays giving free haircuts to the homeless. Uh, if you're in um, uh, Portland, Oregon, and you're unemployed and you've got, a, if you've got a, an interview for a job this week and you need your suit or, your, or articles of clothing cleaned for your interview, you can go to Plaza Cleaners and they will clean them free if you're unemployed and you have a job interview. Uh, and this guy never, I don't know how to pronounce, Y-A-O-V-I. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He, he, didn't even, he didn't even really pay a lot of attention to the big guy there beside him and, and never had noticed his shoes until one day People were uh, teasing the big guy because his shoes were worn out and they were bullying him. And so, you know what the, other, the hero did? He went and bought him a pair of Jordans and brought, him, brought them to him at school the very next day and gave them to him. And you can see he's wearing them on his feet right there. A four-year-old girl who had had a leg amputated and was having to wear a prosthesis, that's some anonymous technician, don't, don't even know who it, who it is that did this, created a Barbie, 
just designed a Barbie with a prosthetic leg so this four-year-old little girl could feel better about it because Barbie's got a leg just like mine. Amazing, amazing stories. Ben Hall, police officer, pulls over a, a, a lady, and when he, when he gets there, he realizes she's got a little girl in the back seat who's supposed to be in a car seat. There is no car seat. After some conversation, he realizes the reason she doesn't have a car seat, she can't afford one. And so instead of writing her a ticket that's going to just be another expense that she cannot afford, he walks to a Walmart and buys her a car seat so that the little girl has, the, so that she doesn't get a ticket, but also so the little girl is safe and taken care of again. Uh, 10-year-old Haley Fort, you see her sitting in that little bitty house? She is building, did you hear me say 10 years old? This, this was a picture from last year, I believe, when she was nine years old. She's building, she's building shelters for homeless people so that they have somewhere to, to just exist and live and get out of, the, out of the elements. And she planted, last year she planted in her personal garden enough food to make 250 pounds of food to give to homeless in her area. She ha and she has this big website and everything now, and she's reaching out into other countries even. Joey Resto, who lives in, in New York City on his way home one day on the subway, noticed uh, a, uh, a homeless man uh, sitting there in his, in his pants and shoes, but no shirt, shivering because it was 45 degrees. And Joey literally gave him the shirt off of his back. There's, a, there's actually a video there, that's just a still shot of that, and, and you see him, and somebody just, somebody just happened to see what was going on and got the picture of him taking his shirt off and pulling it down over the homeless man. Are these heroes? Are these heroes? By the world standards, sometimes some people say, no, these aren't heroes. But let me tell you, by the people they serve, by their standard, they are heroes. By the other Marine that was shielded from the blast, by, by, the, by the people who were led down, the lady that was carried down by, by wells, by, uh, oh, by the mother of the five-year-old that Tamara and, and Chris, that they, they dogged that guy in the car until he released him. That mother, that five-year-old, oh, I don't have time to go through all of these, but to the people that they serve, yes, these are heroes. You see, a lot of times a heroic act is not something really amazing because what you do when you're a hero a lot of times is you do something just so ordinary, but for the person that you're doing it for, that person who is alone, that person who has no idea, they don't they don't have any answers. They don't have the means to do it for themselves. But for that person, you've just done something that they couldn't do for themselves and you just became a hero. It's not that difficult. When what God has given you and gifted you and called you, it's not that difficult. I just challenge you today. I challenge you today. I pray God is challenging you today to be the hero that he's destined you to be. Can I ask you to, to join me at the front? If you're a first time attender, we'd like to close around front with a final prayer and a final song. We'd love you to have you come join us. And while you're on your way, would you pay attention to the screen? Because there are a few more hero stories there and just in pictures. Some really cool ones too. Just heroes. Heroes doing little simple things that became heroic. Oh, I love the one in the elevator there of the lady who couldn't stand any longer. And so the young man made her a chair. Tying somebody's shoe, not a big deal unless you're an old man that can't get down there and back up. Simple things, simple things. 
How awesome. All it takes is seeing a need and trying to figure out a solution. Last pictures. A human bridge and a man giving the shoes off his feet to a barefoot little girl in a third world country. You know why these people do the things they do? Here's the last point. I'm gonna spend a little bit of time here, but hang with me here, okay, if you can. I'm gonna try to be quick, as quick as I can, but I got some things to say. It's because heroes aren't okay with something. There's something in this world that they're not okay with. What are you not okay with? Can I tell you some things I'm not okay with? Let me tell you some things I'm not okay with. 20,000 people, this, this is a survey that, that we quoted over and over when we were launching, and that's been over seven years ago, uh, just a little over seven years ago when we launched. So this survey's probably 10 years or more older. Over 20,000 people in North Jefferson County say they are unaffiliated with any Christian church. They don't know anybody in a Christian church. If they died, they wouldn't have a pastor to preach the funeral tomorrow. If they went to the hospital, they wouldn't have somebody to call and say, hey, I'm in the ER, I need some prayer right now. Over 20,000. And that's not counting Walker County, which is just right over the hill in Blount County, which is just up the road here. Over 20,000 people right here. I'm not okay with that. And let, me tell, let me tell you what we do about it at 2911. Just, just think about the sermon series this year, like Real Relationships back in February, where we talk about real, you know? Real relationship. A Revenant. You remember Revenant, the Easter series? Really cool. Uh, simple was the last sermon series before this one. It's just It's not complicated, guys. It's just simple. And this one now, Blockbuster, I mean, how this? You know, did you see the, the, the worship team up here? Cool, you know, and everything. The, the posters. Uh, uh, everything. We, we, we plan. We devise. The message that we preach doesn't change. But it's like the way we present it is we do so in a way that we want to make it really, really easy for you to invite some of those 20,000 plus people in North Jefferson County that don't know anybody, don't know Jesus Christ. Like last week, we did baptism. We didn't just do baptism. We, we do baptism outside, so we took advantage of it being Memorial Day weekend. We had full moon barbecue, free food, right? Yeah, and then we had inflatables for the kids so people would hang around a little bit longer, you know, and the kids could have inflatables, and then we wrapped it all up with free High school, oh yeah. Yeah, remember that, right? Yeah, why? Because there are people out there say, I don't like church. I don't like this. I don't. And you get say, let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you what we did last time we had baptism. We did it outside. We had free full moon. We had inflatables for the kids. We, and free ice cream. That's not the first time we've done ice cream. Some of you know that, right? It, why do we, we do this on purpose. We do everything we can to make it easy on you to invite some of those 20,000 plus people that do not have a Christian church to connect with, or the person behind you in the drive-through line, or, or the checkout line at Walmart or wherever, they are probably already late to their, wherever they're going, or they, they, they um, are having a bad day. And some of them, when they make this purchase right there in line, they will not have money for something else the rest of the day. That, that's happening all around you. You know what? I'm not okay with that. 
There have been times, you know, that in the, in the line at Jack's, God would, I feel God speak to me and say, pay for the person behind you. And one day I remember this happened and, you know, uh, Jack's breakfast, you know, I'm about five bucks, you know, is about what it cost me for a biscuit and large sweet tea, uh, just in case you want to know, it's sausage, egg, and cheese, okay, in case you're coming by, uh, you know, about five bucks or so. And so I pull up and I say, look, I want to pay for the people behind me. And, and the girl's like really nervous. She said, there's a family behind you and it's like $25. <laughs> well, if God told me to paid for their breakfast. God knew it was $25 before he told me to pay for it. So I guess he wants me to spend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Let me, let me do that. And, uh, and so we do that. And, and then I give, Gary say, and here, please hand them one of these, this touch card. Cause it says, you've just been touched. This is something, this is another thing we do to, to make it easy on you to bless people, to think about people. You know, and just before I say more about this, that your neighbor you have neighbors that have no idea what Jesus, what difference Jesus could make in their lives. You, ha you, have, you have neighbors that have no idea of that. I'm not okay with that. You know, and you have coworkers. You, you have a coworker. Some of you right now, this is going to, you're going to say, wow, he knows the guy that's working in the cubicle next to me or whatever. He knows, the, the, he knows that guy that I went to lunch with last week. He, he know, the, you have coworkers that are struggling. Struggling at their job, struggling with their finances, struggling at home, struggling with their marriage, struggling with some, maybe struggling with drugs or alcoholism. And they're struggling. I'm not okay with that. But here's the question. Are you? I'm sorry, I'm going to have to wait for an answer. I need a response here. You don't have to say it out loud, but you need to answer that question right now. If you're a Christian, you need to answer that question. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with your coworker continuing to struggle? Are you okay with your neighbors not knowing the difference Jesus could make in their life? Are you okay with the people behind you in line of the drive-through or the checkout counter that are having issues and you could be just a little tiny solution today to be an amazing hero to them? Are you okay with that? Answer in here. You don't have to say it out loud, but answer. Are you okay with that? Then I dare you. I dare you to take one of these cards and this week expect God to speak to you and say, it's time for you to buy the person's meal behind you, or it's time for you to go do a chore for your neighbor, or it's time for you to take donuts to work and let that person struggling know that you, you, know, you care enough to bring some donuts. I dare you. Would you take one of these? If you'll take one of these, raise your hand right now. If you'll take one of these, I dare, pastor's daring you to take one of these. And the reason I'm asking you to raise your hand is because I've got people all around you that will give you a card. If you want one, raise your hand right now. Okay, you can only have one of these, all right? Every week, they're stacked on the, on the table right outside the door, okay? So if you want more, there are plenty right out there, but right here, I just want everybody to get one because I don't want somebody to say, give me 10, and everybody else feel bad. I want you to take one, okay? Everybody get one, and if you want more, you can get this. But here's what I'm, here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that this week, I'm believing, I'm asking God, please, let them receive this card over and over. And this week, you're going to have some opportunity that is going to make you realize what it really feels like to be a hero. I'm believing God wants to do that in you. Let me say real quickly, someone you know. There is, there is, some, there is someone that you know that just needs a friend or they need a place. And I know, come on, guys, I know, guys. You know, we don't like to talk about stuff like that. You get a little touchy-feely here for us, Pastor. Us men, you know, standing here in our superhero tights and capes and <laughs> things, you know, touchy-feely, don't, like don't like to think about those things. Let me, let me tell you a real quick story. One of the small groups I was a part of this past semester, I didn't lead it. 
but I was a part of it. It was a men's small group. We only had about 10 guys, but, but they, they were getting close because it was, it was so small. One of the men of our church invited three of his family members that have never even been to 2911, extended family members, like cousins. They had never even been to 29. And two of those became part of that group of only 10. Two of them had never even been on a Sunday morning. You know why? Because that's how we do small groups around here, exactly what they need. A friend and a safe place to just be. A safe place to be a man. A safe place to be a lady. A safe place to be a person in need. I encourage you, sign up for a small group. And I know what some of you are already doing. You're probably thinking, you know, I'm really good. I don't really need a small group. This I'm, I'm doing all right. Okay, if that's you, then sign up for one anyway. Ask God to show you the one you need to be a part of because you're good this summer. You just need to be somewhere that you can pour into someone else and help them. You need a safe place that you can invite that someone you know. You know, that person in your family that we might not get them to church, might not get them to a building, but you can invite them to someone. God, where can I go that you can open a door for me? You need to do that. Last little thing here. Summer of Serve, we'll have projects all summer, okay? There's, I think there's five back there on the board. As Kyle said, there's another one. We just didn't have time to print it out because it came in late last night. Small groups are going to be planning these. There's going to be several for the rest of the summer. And you need to go find a serve project and do something for somebody who needs, who needs something. But here's what I, and I, I want to pray this prayer over you right here, right now. I want to pray over every one of you right now that God makes you see something that makes you say, I am not okay with that. I pray that you see something. Maybe you're going to walk by the same person that you've been walking by every day for the last 10 years at work or wherever, but God makes you see them differently and, and realize something in their life that makes you say, I'm not okay with that. I've got to be a hero here and do something to change that. Can I pray that over you? Bow with me. Will you allow me to pray that, God?